hello everyone hello welcome to the continued hellscape that is 2020 we're happy to be here with you thank you so glad to be here our best (laughs) this is book squad goals today we're going to talk about the haunting of bly manor um it's not even spookier than 2020 but it's something spooky for your for your spooky season so on that note what is your favorite haunted house slash haunted place Oof. story? Such a tough question. No. Really hitting with the tough, tough question. The tough, tough question. What if I say um, season one of uh, the the haunting of Hillary? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could say that. <laughs> um, if this were for honestly, like if this were a question for like a different book or something, I would probably say that yeah. because recently that's like something that I really enjoyed. That is. A, a haunted story. This is Kelly, by the way. Um, but I mean, I really need to read that book. Is is something that needs to happen? Even though, yeah, Emily and I have seen probably every scary movie that has come out over the past few years. Mm-hmm. I am having real trouble thinking about this. <laughs> um. The Haunted Mansion ride at I mean, a classic. (laughs) I really, when I wrote this, I kind of hoped someone would say a haunted ride. (laughs) I will say, as a child going on the, this is Emily, as a child going on that Haunted Mansion ride was so scary to me because at the end they tell you the ghosts are going to follow you home. And I really took that to heart. And I thought, these ghosts are going to follow me home. And that was very scary. Um, I I was so, like, the first part of that ride, for people who haven't been on it, you all you get crammed into a room with a bunch of people and they close the door. And then there's, like, a painting on the wall. And then the painting starts, like, growing and the room starts expanding. Yep. And then the, then the, like, the room shrinks. And, like, as a kid, I was so fucking terrified by that. Oh, but you know what the other best haunted ride is? Is, um, the Tower of Terror. Yeah. Yeah, the Tower of Terror. Also yes, at Disney. That is I very good. I do, ride. I do have a haunted story about the Tower of Terror. Um, real quick. Oh, this, great. This can I be, love how we're just hijacking this question and making this is it my about favorite. haunted rides we've been on. My favorite haunted place, Tower of Terror. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, I when I was in sixth grade, my sisters and my my sisters who were twins and my stepmom and my dad all went to Disney World, and we were just old enough that our parents let us go ride the Tower of Terror by ourselves um, while they like went in a gift shop or something. And so we went and we waited in line, and it started pouring rain right before we went in. And we were soaking wet. It was freezing cold inside because it was the middle of the summer. And we were all shivering and everything. And the twins were super scared to ride this ride. I had ridden it like five times already that day. I loved it. I was ready. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) they were really scared. And so we get on the ride and they sit on either side of me and they are like grasping onto my arms for dear life. Cause they're so scared. And this is before they modified the ride. And so at this time there was just like one long bar that went over a whole row of people and they yeah. were by me and my legs were bigger than theirs. So the bar wouldn't go all the way down over them. 
and <laughs> so they were just gonna be like hovering yeah. in the air whenever it dropped and so fell. we get on it, it you know tells a little story <laughs> you go up and up and up and up and finally when we got to the top the doors opened lightning cracked and we saw this huge lightning no. bolt in the sky and then it dropped and they were like yeah. flying out of their seats <laughs> <laughs> holding on to my arms and I was just smiling and when we got the picture like you could see the pictures after you got off the ride of what you looked like when the door right. opened and yeah. they are screaming like their eyes are rolled back in their heads and their mouths are open and I'm just like mm, just smiling <laughs> Oh, and me, do you have the picture we didn't did we didn't have it? the picture because we were by ourselves and we were like i don't know how to do that um but our <laughs> what is money parents were so freaked out because they thought it took us so long to ride the ride that they thought we were lost or kidnapped or something <laughs> do they not know how disney were i mean they did but i think they just expected us to be back sooner and it was pouring rain so they were a little, yeah. a little freaked out. And we were just baby sixth graders. Okay, well, <laughs> I didn't give my real answer because um, the Haunted Mansion is not my answer <laughs> as much as that scared me as a child. So I, I have two answers and they're going to be fast. Mm -hmm. So the first one, I want to say Evil Dead 2 because Haunted forests are kind of the scariest shit to me because dark forests are like terrifying however i don't know if that counts because there were demons um and i've also used evil dead 2 for my answer for like so many things because i love that movie it, but it's um, so it's good. good it's so good it um, works for so many different questions <laughs> yeah just my answer for everything from now on is just evil dead 2 um, and then my second answer is Wuthering Heights, because that is my favorite mm. book of all time. And while it is not a scary mm. haunting, there's still definitely haunting. It's happening. still haunted. In, the, in them heights. In them heights is haunted. So those are my answers. <laughs> Straight out of the heights. <laughs> yep. Um, this is Susan, and uh, I feel like this is a, just a big letdown of an answer after that story that Mary told. <laughs> But I'm just going to say The Shining. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to say that. I mean, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. This question was <laughs> yeah. just an excuse for me it to bring a good up one. Stephen King. Well, I was yeah. thinking of other Stephen King-like haunted places, too. But there's a lot of, like, haunted whole towns and stuff. I really like that The Shining is concentrated. What about, like, Christine? <laughs> into just a car is haunted. Oh, yeah. Haunted car. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just a person is haunted. Mm -hmm. It can be anything. Sometimes a dog is haunted. I should have said, who's your favorite haunted body? <laughs> I'm, like, Googling movies about ghosts just to, like, see. Um, actually, my favorite ghost story is um, a story that we would tell uh, <laughs> as kids. The one about um, the girl with the ribbon around her mm, neck. That's a yes. classic. <laughs> And she unties it, her head falls off. Yeah. That's great. She was dead the whole time. She was. All right. <laughs> all right. Great answers, And everyone. they were all okay, totally so normal answers about <laughs> on We totally played by the rules. Yeah. I like to ask a real wide open question mm -hmm. to allow stories from Disney World to make yeah. it in there. I want to hear some Florida mm -hmm. shit every time. 
All right. Plenty of that. So, so as I said, we're going to be talking about the haunting of Bly Manor, which is the second season of the haunting. Would you call it the haunting series? I don't know. There's like right now, it's just called the haunting of Hill House, and I'm like, that's not accurate. Yeah. Um, Well. I'm going to call it the haunting series. Um, yeah, the haunting of. The first season yeah, was we're, the we're haunting of we're pinning that right house. now. Yeah. Um, so we're going to spoil that and maybe even the haunting of Hill House too because some of you have, have watched that and you might say some stuff about it. And also, um, I, will, so. I will spoil the turn of the screw. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's been out since the late Spoilers 1800s. for... <laughs> yeah. I I managed to get to read half of it um in the last couple of days before Really? Yeah. Uh it was a struggle and I could not finish. I hope to finish it. I haven't read it since college. Um but I I like it, but I don't think I would like do it again. My wee little <laughs> tenth graders are reading it right now. Oh really? Um. They I can't even it. imagine reading this as a temp. This book is incomprehensible. <laughs> of course they do. They probably just hate to read. Let me ask you a question. Was this book written for a publication in which Henry James was being paid by the word? It was by serialized. Because so probably yeah, it was serialized. most things that came out then were, so, you know. The sentences yeah. in this book are so extra. Like, in a way that, and, and like, I've read claws. stuff from this... Yeah, I've read stuff from this time period. It's not like I've never, but like, my God, I like copied and pasted some of the sentences because I was just like, this, I do not know what is going on in this sentence. <laughs> it is a full paragraph long. But you kind of just have but to like. Think of all the money he made from that You kind of just have to go by those sentences and then the next one will probably make sense. Yeah, I think I just get frustrated because I hate not understanding things. Yeah. But anyway. Um, sorry to interrupt the. Actually, the publication that it first appeared in has also published some Dickens stuff. So I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, yes. like the uh, sentence stuff. Um, okay, I'm gonna read. <laughs> <laughs> this is the IMDb summary. It's complete garbage. So we're gonna have to <laughs> supplement it. But the Wikipedia page summary was even worse than this one. Oh my god! So, ready? After an au pair's tragic death. Henry hires a young American nanny to care for his orphaned niece and nephew who reside at Bly Manor with the chef Owen, groundskeeper Jamie, and housekeeper Mrs. Gross. And that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. And and they all looked happy. Interesting. That's just what happens in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, you wouldn't even know that this was about ghosts. And then there's eight and a half more hours after that. So, Mm -hmm. um, so. What should we add on to that? Like, does someone want to take a stab at, like, a higher level plot summary? Hmm. Uh, the au pair quickly realizes that something strange is going on with the children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Other other mysteries unfurl. There, that's all <laughs> they needed to add. <laughs> yes. Uh, things are strange. The kids are strange. Um. The place is spooky. Something supernatural is probably going on. Mm-hmm. She's seeing things that other people aren't seeing. She being the au pair. Seems like the children are seeing some things. And then it just takes off. <laughs> uh, and there are like 
new mysteries in every episode, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like after the third episode, there's nine episodes. After the third one, I was like, what are they going to do? And then they did so much. Six more. They did so much. So much more. I wasn't even ready. That's like the same way that Hill House is, which is why you have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also, this is part of the reason, and this leads into my first question about literary connections, is the, the Turn of the Screw by Henry James is the main inspiration for this. But mm-hmm. it turns out there are a bunch of other Henry James uh, spooky stories that are in this too. He wrote a lot of um, spooky short stories. I've only ever read this one, which is a novella. And I read Daisy Miller, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. – I wouldn't recommend. Which it's is not scary. Not spooky at all. <laughs> not spooky. Pretty lame. Um, but I only found this out after um, Googling it <laughs> after I finished the series. But there are a bunch of other ones going on too. So I wanted to talk about The Turn of the Screw and that story and – how that works here, but then did any of you recognize or spot any of the other Henry James stories? I'm I'm not a James fan per se. You're not a Jamesian scholar? No. I mean I've read The Turn of the Screw <laughs> and at the time when I read it I was like, mm, well, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I mean So you were excited I, probably now, going into this it show. For a second time, I'm enjoying it. But the first time, I did not enjoy it. Um, Because I was reading it for school, and I was, like, kind of reading it quickly, and it wasn't good. Um, But now, I'm enjoying it. I haven't read his other stuff, though. So, I don't know how that incorporates. However, I will say, I was delightfully surprised. I feel like, even though this isn't, like, a one-for-one adaptation of The Turn of the Screw... I think that sort of the spirit of the turn of the screw, if you will, was like pretty well honored in this adaptation. I mean, it, it, obviously the plot super diverges, but mm-hmm. I think it was enough like the turn of the screw. It was bit more of an adaptation of the turn of the screw than the turning, which came out a few years ago and was so yes. bad. Uh, no, it came out <laughs> earlier this year, didn't it? Did it? I thought it came no. out in like 2017. Well, this no, year has been several year. years long. In 2020, did it? 2020. We saw that movie. That this was. Year? I mean, the beginning of 2020 <laughs> was three years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like it was so long ago. Years. That's so funny. I'm kind of <laughs> incredulous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I have okay. I have one sentence that I had sent someone oh, earlier no. that I was like, "This is ridiculous." So I'm just going to read it to you guys. Um, okay. It was a pity that I should have had to quaver out again the reasons for my not having in my delusion so much as questioned that the little girl saw our visitant, even as I actually saw Mrs. Gross herself, and that she wanted by just so much as she did thus to see to make me suppose she didn't. And at the same time, without showing anything, arrive at a guess as to whether I myself did. <laughs> That's one sentence. <laughs> he just loves, like, interjections and clauses. Yeah. Ooh. I lost the thread of that after, like, yeah. the second. 
I read that sentence at least 10 times this morning. I'm not sure what that sentence said to me. Um, So I did much prefer this in a visual medium. (laughs) Um, But in case this is interesting to anyone, I thought it was. I, I linked a couple of articles here that like talk about the other Henry Mm. James stories in here and like that story the story of Viola and um, Perdita the sisters who kind of started this whole haunting business that was a that's its own like short story that Henry James wrote so it's cool like I thought this was cool to read because I was kind of like where did some of this other shit come from yeah and now I'm like oh it's kind of cool that he took a bunch of these and like made them work as one big thing yeah it is cool Mm -hmm. that that um is tied in because i assumed it was just like extra backstory that they wrote for the show so yeah i did too and i was like this is kind of a wild fucking backstory yeah (laughs) and it's a whole episode on its own like it's it's like the self-contained episodes i was just like what um (laughs) but that one that story is called the romance of certain old clothes (laughs) which is pretty cool i love that um about two sisters whose romantic rivalry spirals into otherworldly tragedy. And then there's another one called The Beast in the Jungle, which you might recall that mm-hmm. line from the final episode. It follows a man who's overwhelmed by a feeling of doom and certain that his life is fated to end in catastrophe. So it took like just some themes of that and applied that to Danny in that final episode. Mm-hmm. So I thought this shit was pretty interesting. That is interesting. Um, and then um, – Henry Wingrave having his like alter ego, his like drunk, not his drunk alter ego, but his alter ego that comes out like when he's drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a reference to another story where this man like finds his alter ego in, in like a haunted house. Interesting. So there's a bunch of other stuff going on that I didn't know and at the time seemed a little odd. But yeah. now I'm like, ah, I mean, I kind of wish I had known that before. <laughs> I would yeah. say even. The fact that Danny is American is kind of a nod to Henry James himself in a way, because he was an American author who was like, "Mm, I don't like America. I got to get out of here. And he renounced Mm. his citizenship. Who can blame him? And move ahead of his time. (laughs) (laughs) um, Move to England. And so like a lot of his writing has to do with like, transatlantic tensions and the relationship between sort of like old world continental Europe and new, new world America. So, I mean, even the fact that she's American, cause in the, in the turn of the screw, it's just a regular old British nanny. Yeah. So I Isn't mean, Daisy uh, Miller, an American. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In Paris, maybe she's somewhere with a name in like the, Daisy Miller. You gotta be American. Yeah. I mm-hmm. hope you're American. It's not as cool as, like, Miss Jessel, which definitely sounds British. Miss Mm -hmm. Jessel! (laughs) Oh, my God. That girl is so Um, Did you know that this child is the voice of Peppa Pig? I learned that yesterday from a co-worker. And he was like, don't look it up. Like, don't watch Peppa Pig speak until you're finished with this series. I have already seen... never be able to not think of her as Peppa Pig. (laughs) I have already seen Peppa Pig speak. And once I learned this information, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't know any of those were in there until I read about it. But now I'm kind of like I'm linking a couple of things here 
that go through um, little references to those stories and some other Henry James works. And I guess there's plenty of references to the first season mm-hmm. as well, which I didn't, again, don't know because I didn't see it, but that's interesting. Cool I'd be interesting to re- interested to read that because I wasn't really thinking about the first season other than like the characters that these people played like before and how they might relate in some way. Um, but I don't know if that was anything either. Well, and here's another thing that I didn't know at first. <laughs> so, and I'll get into how I figured it out <laughs> later, but okay. So there are a lot of ghosts oh, everywhere yeah. throughout yeah. this. Just ghosts on ghosts on ghosts on ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, in fact, that I missed a lot of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are lots of Easter egg ghosts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, like, to, like after finishing it last night, I was like, I have questions about these ghosts that were revealed in the end. Like, why were they revealed as if they were, like, characters the whole time and that we had seen them? And then I Googled it. Turns out those motherfuckers were in, like, every single episode, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't see them. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't think my TV brightness yeah, is up. That's um, I know. <laughs> the last season was like that too, where yeah, yeah. Um, there were a bunch of hidden ghosts in it. So yeah, this time I was looking for them, so I saw them a lot more because I remembered last time not noticing them. I didn't um, except see sometimes them. you would see it in like the corner of the screen, and I'd be like, "Wait, <laughs> was that something?" And this time you can see them like in like in the very back of the hallway during like a normal scene there will be like some shit going on yeah i, I mean and i don't I know if i'm just not observant or if it's the tv brightness yeah i'm not observant 100 <laughs> percent well we'll not. also link this but it's all the hidden ghosts like so in case you think <laughs> you missed them too it'll show you where they were and then you'll be like oh i will say i did not find the ghost in this incredibly scary um, but Todd was so freaked out by these ghosts and was like, Did Todd scared. watch the first season? Yes. The first season is really? so much scarier. He was like it's scared so of the ghost and feeling creeped out. And he looked up maybe the same, uh, article that was like, here are all the ghosts. And he was like, why were you? watching this in slow-mo author why are you looking for these ghosts you shouldn't be looking at them (laughs) was it the facelessness of them that scared him no just the ghost (laughs) i was gonna ask the the ghostiness of them mostly yeah scared the that there is that one shot that is very frightening of all of the dolls and then the little baby ghost moves its head that's fucked up also, the part where um, the little girl is upstairs and Flora is upstairs in the attic or whatever, and she she's like tells that other ghost to like the sister ghost to shut the fuck up, and oh, that ghost I is like making like creepy singing noises. But like when she's like shh, and it like pans over, and this ghost is like hanging out there. I was like first terrified, and then I was like, that is hilarious. <laughs> Because Flora's, like, so used to seeing these ghosts that she's like, be quiet. I mean, Flora was basically like, this is a solo, not a duet. (laughs) Stop. Flora rules. I love her. Okay. Let's talk about who, like, some of these ghosts are and, like, how all these stories 
work together because like some of them are related to the house and some are mm-hmm. not really like some people just had the Danny unfortunate has, circumstance Danny's of being there. Dead fiance is like haunting her before mm-hmm. she even gets there. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like he's not a real ghost though. <laughs> he's only I mean, he's only a ghost, like he doesn't do anything to her. He's a psychological you know? ghost. He scares the fuck out of her. Like that's yeah, enough. But, but he doesn't like like all the other ghosts can like like have power over like the world. Like I feel like he is haunting her in her head. Because also ghosts mm. can't like yeah. As we see with Peter, like, he can't leave the property. Like, ghosts can't, like, go traveling around. Because <laughs> like, we I mean, we her. find out that there's, like, a very specific reason why all these ghosts are here at Bly Manor. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and the ghost of her fiancé, basically, like, she has the ability to make him go away at a certain point. Um, because he's in her head. I still found him incredibly scary, whether he's yes, like a I real mean, ghost same. or not. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the scarier. <laughs> I guess he's not a ghost. He was one of the scarier um, apparitions. Spooks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spookies. <laughs> Does someone want to try to explain the very specific reason they're all at Blind Manor? <laughs> yes. Go for it. So go for it. <laughs> yes. Um. So there were. <laughs> Two sisters who inherited the house, Viola and Perdita Lloyd, they inherited Bly Manor from their father. And since he had only daughters, they were like trying to keep it in the family. They both loved the same dude, Um, you know, in that kind of like low key, quiet British way. They both loved (laughs) the same dude. Um, But Viola ended up marrying him and they had a daughter and everything was great until Viola got the lung (laughs) tuberculosis, I guess. Um, And oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. I have to interject really quickly when he was like the doctor said it's not the plague. And they're like, oh, thank goodness. And then he says, but it's not good news. She does have the lung. Justin goes, oh, it's just the lung. And I, <laughs> it's just the lung. It's fine. I don't know why, but it it killed me. So she, I mean, she has tuberculosis. She's like slowly dying, but she's so stubborn. She refuses to die. So she can't go see anybody because she's got tuberculosis. It's contagious. She can't like hang out with her daughter or her husband. So she's just in a room coughing all the time, slowly dying, but she will not die because she does not want to. So eventually her, you know, after years. She's stubborn as hell. Yep. Eventually after like years of this, her sister just goes in and suffocates her because she's like, this is a mercy killing. You're not getting any better. And also, P.S. I do want to marry your husband. Um, and also, it's more like of a mercy you're killing a bitch for and herself. I hate you. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Like I lo- the the narrator in that moment is like she had one word on her mind, mercy, and then she's like, but actually, the word on her mind was enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Perdita kills Viola, marries her husband. Everything's happy for a while. Viola did say, I have this trunk of beautiful clothes and jewelry, and I want you to save it for our daughter. And the husband promised this. So, you know, years later, Perdita and the husband are in debt. And Perdita says, we could just sell all those clothes up there. 
you know, my sister's dead. It's fine. And he says, no, she decides she's going to do it anyway. So she goes up there, opens the trunk and gets straight up killed. Yeah. By the because ghost. Viola, of Viola has been patiently waiting in the trunk as a ghost. Now, how she's in the trunk or why she's in the trunk I'm not 100% sure I mean they talk about like being tucked away in memories or like being in sort of a safe space in your head and every like everybody talks about that throughout the show and Viola has kind of like tucked herself away in this chest which is a safe spot for her and she does the same thing every day of like waking up and walking around and looking in the mirror and realizing oh I'm dead and then she goes back to sleep and I mean like she's waiting to get to see her daughter open this chest when she's an adult but then when it's her sister she's like oh no Oh, hell. And just chokes her. Yeah. And then the show says that she, Viola was so stubborn, she created a gravity around her that made other ghosts suffer her fate. Well, the the husband was like, this is curse. We got to dump this chest in the lake. Yeah, because she was like, oh, I'll finally get to see my daughter uh, when she gets these clothes and her husband is like, well, we'll keep the promise and we're not going to sell them or anything, but we are going to get rid of it because it's dark and dangerous. So she sinks to the bottom of the lake in this trunk. And yeah. that's why she creates the the gravity field, I guess. And then... So here's my every- question about that. Can I ask a question about that really yeah. fast, though? Um, so... I mean, I get it. You're probably about to say this part, but like, so now she like comes out of the lake every night and like goes and mm-hmm. looks for her daughter and then goes back. But it seems like she's always going back to the same place. She's going back to her bedroom. Mm-hmm. So like, why did she never kill the parents? Because wasn't, wasn't that where they was sleeping? Yeah. I don't know if that was this. Was it the same room? I have no concept. I don't of, like, know. I, f- I felt like that was the, like, forbidden wing where the parents were. Right. Because, like, that little boy who was dead, like, the reason he died is he was sleeping there and she, like, grabbed him and drowned him. Drowned. I'm having trouble talking. You know what I'm trying but to say. But then she, like, she drowned Peter. Yeah. From the hallway. Like, that's where she grabbed him. Like, was just, yeah. like. She was just, like, indiscriminately plucking people up and drowning them. Um, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. Because, it like, was the like kid sleeping? You in- would be really fortunate to be living in that house for so long and not get yeah. strangled. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's just, I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was my question. But, like, for that. some reason, like, some people can see her. And some people can't. Yeah, I think that, like, with ghosts, that's kind of just something that happens in, like, every ghost story, that it just kind of depends on the person and the situation if you can see them or not. And I think, like, also there's the idea that, like, some people are more open to, like, the spiritual plane and other people aren't. So children often see ghosts when adults can't or people who are are more, I don't know, open to the world and 
new ideas and are less jaded or something are able to <laughs> to see ghosts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so she does the same thing every night, and it seems like she just kind of indiscriminately kills whoever's, like, in her path. So she kills the plague dodger, she kills a little boy who's sleeping in his parents' bed, she kills a lot of people, really. All those hidden ghosts. She kills Peter. Yeah. So she's sort of the key to everything. Which I didn't love, honestly. Like, I enjoyed her story, and I enjoyed all the other stories, but I didn't like that this key piece of information was delivered so late in the show, and it was kind of a wholly separate episode told in the past. Well, so they did something similar to this on Hill House, too, where it they went into the history of how the house originally became right. haunted, and I think that that was actually less successful than this version because they it was even less detailed and less of an explanation. Right. Um, and it was delivered very late in the show, too, because I guess that's, like, the last sus- piece of suspense that they're holding is, like, how did this place become haunted in the first place? But, like, I am so used to watching, like, shitty horror movies where there's ghosts and, like, you never get an explanation of, like, why there's all... Like, it's just, like, this one person is a ghost, and it's like, then what are all these other ghosts? Like, you know... So it's kind of interesting to get the origin of how Mm -hmm. a place becomes haunted, but it also... It does feel like it happens really late, and then it sort of feels like you're detracting from, like, the thrust of the story where, like, the characters that we have been watching this whole time are, like, on pause while we watch this other thing. And we're like, I want to get back to them. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, like, hate it, but I didn't love it from a structural point of view because it really felt wonky where it landed in, in the story. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting an episode, probably a whole episode, like maybe not in black and white and that long ago, but I was expecting there's got to be a significant amount of time spent on this bitch that keeps taking people to the lake. Yeah. Because she is the only dead person we're not talking about right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then once, like, she gets to Danny, then. I was like, okay, if this next episode doesn't tell me who the fuck she is, I'm going to be mad. Yeah. And it did. Meanwhile, Danny's just choking this whole time while we're waiting for the story to be told. For 50 minutes. (laughs) Well, think of the people who are just sitting at that rehearsal dinner for nine hours. I know. I kept thinking about them. I was like, Jesus, what time is it? Like, It's got to be 3 a.m. You're God. telling me the bride wasn't like, I have to go to a fucking bed. Bye. Yeah. Um, excuse me. I have a- to get married tomorrow. Yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> uh, which, Kelly, now you know because you started reading the book. That same framing device is used. I know. In the yeah. Which I thought was funny. I was like, this is like the typical like story from this time period where it's like we can't just tell the story. Yes, Someone else very, has to be telling the it's story. It's very yeah. of that of that period. Yeah. And remember, it's not my story. It's mm-hmm. not my story. And there's like a whole part in the beginning of the book where it's like we're we're waiting because he had to get the book sent to, to him. Town. So 
We were all sitting in suspense, waiting for him to get the book delivered. Finally, Thursday rolled around, and I'm like, why are we doing this? (laughs) Just jump in. (laughs) Yeah. This actually made it so that that the person telling the story was someone in the story, and it it came back together, but... Yeah, I was was wondering, because I haven't finished reading the book yet, I was like, is there going to be, like, a little twist where... I don't even think we come back to those people. Yeah, Honestly. I think like it literally just set it up that way for more words, and then I do have some um, like timeline that. questions with the um, framing device, though, because okay, oh, yeah. just follow follow me here. So this yes. is what I was thinking about at the end of the story. So when and we're just I'm just we're spoiling everything, everybody. So when Danny yeah. dies at the end, mm-hmm. um. At that point in the story, we're told that Flora is 17. Yes. Um, and at this wedding, we're, we're supposed to believe that this is Flora's wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she doesn't look, I mean, she doesn't look 17, but she doesn't look that much older than 17. And yet, <laughs> and yet, Jamie has aged by like 40 years. <laughs> I know. And so that was very confusing to me. I was like, my assumption. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was just like, how much time has passed? Because she looks like Flora. It looks like at the most five years, five years. Well, we could figure out exactly how much time has passed because they tell us the years that things are happening. They tell us the years. But here was my, my assumption based on, because like all all of the characters look significantly different mm-hmm. at the wedding. Yeah, And I was thinking that perhaps the story that she's telling, she, like, we are not supposed to believe that, like, those exact people are, like, what they looked like. Like, maybe in this uh. story that she's fabricating, because, like, the girl's middle name is Flora. It's not her first name. So we're getting sort of, like, these impressions of people mm. because she's trying to make it a story, even though it is real. Right. So she keeps, like, uh. basic facts about the people, but, like, we're not supposed to believe that, like, the actress who played Jamie literally aged into, like, Carla Gugino or whatever she's, her name is. But she still looked like they, like, aged her up a lot. Like even but they didn't like, say how old she was in the first place, I guess. So so was she like forty? Okay. I'm just confused. I'm like, like I don't know. Because I don't. In like, my head, I, I was just like, oh, that's literally them. But now I like this better. I was like, oh, does Flora just not go by Flora? I know the actress telling the story isn't like that old, but I feel like they like she's forty now. Look old, okay? But they made her look really freaking they gave old. Her gray hair. They, yeah. yeah, they made her look old, older than she even is. But okay, like let's just mm-hmm. say, let's just say, for the sake of argument, maybe she's trauma 49. aged her. <laughs> she's forty nine, <laughs> sure. Um, so she was supposed to be like forty when it just it doesn't add up. I'm very confused. <laughs> I'm just confused. That's all. I don't really know. It's I do fine. like the idea. I do like the idea that maybe, you know, Jamie was trying to alter the story so she didn't describe everyone perfectly accurately. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just like kept thinking too. the whole last scene, I was like, Miles looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> Miles, oh, how did I was you like, Asian to become Why did you like make that? So don't. Owen turned into a smaller person? Yeah. yeah. Owen shrank. <laughs> he lost about a foot of height. Just <laughs> put gray hair on the same guy. Just, That's yeah, a- take the same people. But, like, they couldn't do that because they yeah. wanted us to not totally know. Yeah, now that. I, now I. Like, if in the first episode we saw her and then, and them, and then immediately saw Owen in the car, like. Yeah. And it was the same Indian guy we just saw. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. Okay, well, all right. Anyway. This makes more sense now. How as I a, rationalize as it. As a yeah, story they- and not a. Uh, I swear, I'm I'm not just here to ask questions, logistics questions, because I feel like that's all I've been doing so far. <laughs> it's like, nah. what was the ghost Someone's plan? Keep the How old were these track. people? Like, what? <laughs> I need to know. I mean, anyway. I think logistics questions are fair. I'm always curious about that kind of stuff, which is why I've like thought I've already thought about all this and rationalized <laughs> it to myself. Obviously, I really. I'm glad I you did because that. you rationalized yeah. it to me, and I feel yeah. better. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Let's talk about what a next? theme now. Okay. <laughs> Get out of the logistics and into the themes. Um, grief and trauma. So everybody, pretty much everybody in this story um, is mourning the loss of someone or does throughout the course of the story. So there's Danny's fiance um, that's haunting her. Um, the children have lost their parents. Henry, the uncle, lost the woman he loved and his brother. Owen loses Hannah, and then Jamie ultimately loses Danny. So how do these themes of grief and trauma work throughout the story and kind of contribute to the the spookiness? Owen also loses his mother. Owen also loses his mother. Oh, I didn't account for all the deaths in here. That's just a... Short list. Miss Jessel loses Peter. Everyone's Jessel. Everyone lost Miss Jessel. The gym. Everyone lost Miss Jessel. Hannah lost, or Hannah's mourning like a marriage ending at one point too. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't even get me onto Viola and her shit. (laughs) I mean, I think like like ghost stories are can be like a one to one metaphor for like loss and how like grief sticks with you yeah for sure um i think that's part of what makes horror so fascinating and my favorite genre is that it's the genre that i think most directly deals with every aspect of death Mm -hmm. um yeah the fear of dying the fear of loss, of being the one to survive when others die. Um, I think that's just kind of something that you can explore in horror in a like more direct way than you can with a lot of other genres. Um, because like death is terrifying for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's it's sad, and I think other genres explore the sadness of death, but. Not so much like the, how terrifying it is to um, not just to face death, but to have to live after experiencing someone else's death is also terrifying. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I think good horror 
comments on that in some kind of way, usually. You know, like unfriended. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I mean, unfriended is great. I just rewatched Unfriended. It's such a good. It's good, right? Like unfriended. About, too. All I yeah, do is good. force people to watch it. I forced a group of people to watch it. Um. A couple weeks ago, and guess what? It was a hit. It always is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I loved it. I'm glad that everyone made me watch it. It's so yeah. good. It's one of those things it's so where good. it's like, you don't think it's going to be good, and then you're like, whoa, that really hit me in a way that I was not expecting. <laughs> watch Unfriended with your loved ones this holiday season. And by holiday, right. I mean Halloween, the only holiday I observe in my life. <laughs> I guess, like, in addition to grief and trauma, there's also, interestingly, memory tied up in everything. Mm -hmm. Because the ghosts, when they possess someone, force them to be, as Flora says, tucked away into a memory. Tucked away. And Mrs. Gross... Before she realizes she is dead, kind of like experiences this inconsistent timeline of memories and present day stuff, which is very reminiscent of um, an episode of Castle Rock. Yeah, where Sissy Spacek's character is experiencing time travel through dementia, basically. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I don't know. There's some, I don't know what I'm saying, but you know, like some of them are experiencing trauma repeatedly in when they're tucked away. Like Peter just relives this one horrible time with his mom. Yeah. Over and over yeah. again. And at one point he says, like, this is hell. This feels like hell. Yeah. And he just looks so tortured when he says it. Yeah. And like, Meanwhile, Hannah keeps returning to the same memory of when she first met Owen. <sighs> because for her, that's, like, it's, like, comforting. And, like, she keeps asking him, like, why are we back here? Why are we back here? And then she kind of realizes, like, because this is, like, where I want to be. Yeah. And I just so I really keep- want to talk about Hannah and Owen because yes. I yes. love them so much. I know. Me too. Hannah is my favorite storyline. Yeah. I know. I just I loved them. I did too. And I wanted so much more for them because they never really got you know, everybody else at least got to have their romance. And I feel like they yeah. were just yeah. blossoming and didn't get to see it through. She didn't get to go to Paris with him. I mean, she didn't ever really yeah. get to tell him she loved him. Yeah. I know. I know. But, but I got knew. the sense that it was like understood <laughs> yeah yeah i, think, I mean, like, definitely yeah and like that it had been a well-established thing between them for a while yeah it's still like saying it's a certain sort of thing though yeah yeah and i mean they didn't get to kiss like they didn't get to do their like i feel i mean hannah died and hopefully isn't a ghost hopefully for her sake anymore um but like Owen has to live forever with the knowledge that he never made his move. <laughs> the biggest cock block ever is I'm a ghost. <laughs> I 
you know? It's true. Yeah. It's well, true. I mean, that happened with Peter at one like when he told Miss Jessel he was a ghost. Yeah, and then he's like, she was very happy to see him, and he was like, hold up, touch my hand. Yeah, all we have to do is you die, and then we can fuck again. It's great. And Which then he was an like, just thing. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, <sighs> terrible. Yeah, he sucks still. I know, but I am kind of glad we got to see a little bit of like who he was before, because yeah. otherwise he would have just seemed like purely evil for no well let me tell you about the turning which is a movie we did see this year (laughs) it doesn't feel like it spoilers for the turning to follow because in that movie (laughs) look if we try to explain to you what happened in the turning you wouldn't believe us (laughs) (laughs) um but in that movie that character is just like pure evil like you think he might be satan incarnate like he's just mm-hmm. very straight up yeah. evil there are no like levels and i mean the same there thing with miles really like even even if you even after you find out that miles you know is being possessed by this dude like you're still like but he's still a little shit in in the turning yeah. not in the show but like in the turning yeah. you're like what a little piece of shit the whole time like there's just no there's no <laughs> levels Mm-mm. it's from just- moment one he's awful yeah. yeah, I think um, I think they they did a really good job with Peter as a character on this show because he is shitty, he's terrible, and we hate him. However, mm-hmm. there is an explanation, and we get a sense of why he's like this, and we see like this cycle of bu- abuse continues, right. like as always. And you know, there are moments when you feel a little bit of sympathy for him, and then you remember, like what he has done, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of that um, can be attributed to this actor whose name I don't know. Um, I got to look him up because he deserves his due because he is really great in season one, too. And he um, plays very different totally, characters. So yeah. I don't even yeah, remember who totally he was. He's a twin he brother. Like, yeah, he was oh, like the yeah. drug addict brother. Yeah. He plays a heroin addict who Mm -hmm. is, like, struggling with the fact that as a child he saw ghosts all the time and nobody believed him. Um, (laughs) So he's – and he's so – and, like, in the first season he is, like, genuinely, like, a good person and he's just, like, doing some messed up shit because of his situation, like – he, like, steals and, and stuff like that. But he's, like, so tender and sweet and you feel so bad for him. And then in this, he's just, like, a fucking nightmare. Like, <laughs> and also Scottish, <laughs> where he's, big, like, big American Scottish. in the first season. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, British in real life, I think. But um, hold on. I'm trying to find this actor's name. Uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen, I think. Yeah, that that is what it is. That's his name. Oliver Jackson Cohen. Wait, so he's um, not Scottish? No. Hmm. <laughs> he's English. Huh. Which okay. I I thought he was American cuz he does a really good American accent mm-hmm. in season 1. Mhm. Huh. Well, he does um, a major Scottish accent. It's real big Scottish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a capital S C O T P. Yeah. Um 
So props to you, my man. Yeah. Good job. Woodbang. <laughs> for the record. I, like, for a huge part of the show, I was like, Miss Jessel, you're better than this. Peter Quint is trash. You're better. And then I was like, he is hot, though. And she has been there with just, like, her and Miss Gross for a long time. Well, and also, he, the way that he wraps her into his web is very realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, because he presents himself as, like, a person who's never had any good thing, and he has had such a hard life, and, and it's different with her, and, like, she has made him feel things he's never felt before, and all these things that, you know, abusers will say to make a person feel special and feel like they understand them better than anyone else and like this person so then when everyone in the house tells her peter's an asshole blah 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 she's like you don't get it you don't know him mm -hmm. um i live and, for how much hannah hates him though <laughs> yes she hates him so much yeah I, whatever Hannah believes is real because she's the best. Yeah. So I'm like, if Hannah doesn't like him, I don't want anything to do with him. Just yeah. straight up. Hannah's clearly the most sane person, despite the fact that she is, like, constantly <laughs> experiencing um, lapses in memory and reality. She's still the most sane person. <laughs> Can I just, yeah. I have a despite quick aside dead? here. Because I <laughs> yeah. just had a revelation, and y'all might have known this already, but I was looking up the actors in the show. Did y'all know... That the guy who played Henry Wingrave was Elliot in E.T.? No. <laughs> no. Yes. I'm losing my shit. I'm losing my shit right now. Did well, not realize Once you that. know that, though, it's all you can see. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. I'm wild. like, he's also the dad in the first season of this show. Yes. Yeah. And I never knew that. And I'm I did not dead. know that. I'm dying. I now. recognized. It, like, it was one of those things where I was like, where do I know that face? And I thought, oh, it's probably Sherlock, because that's just where I assume. <laughs> <laughs> if I see someone on, like, a British show with mostly British people, I'm like, it was probably in Sherlock. Mm -hmm. And then I was talking to one of my coworkers about this. He was like, isn't it crazy that that guy's Elliot from E.T.? And I was like, holy shit, that's where I recognize him from. It's because he has the yeah. exact same fucking face he had as a kid. He does. Like, so he's funny. the same face. <laughs> so anyway. And what's really... Also weird about that is before I had that conversation with the coworker the night before that, Justin was watching TikTok as he does at nighttime, and he <laughs> Me too. nighttime he saw TikTok. like it was basically like the screen test of that kid of, of that actor as a kid for ET, and Aww. so and I could hear it, and I was like, why is he watching this like old ET audition? And then the next day. My friend told me that, and I was like, that's fucking weird. I haven't heard anyone talk about E.T. in so long, and the last three days have been about this guy <laughs> from E.T. I that's can't – I'm looking at pictures now, and it's insane. I, I mean, he looked familiar to me in a vaguely – not from In Sherlock. a way where I was like, I'm sure he's been in something, but I never bothered to look it up. But I can, like, picture his child face. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. It's, I'm like – I am losing my damn mind right now. Like, it's – and not because I – you know, like, sometimes when you find out something surprising, you lose your mind because you're like, 
I don't believe it. Like, I, I just don't, like, what? But no, I'm losing my mind because I'm like, how did I not know that already? <laughs> like, just look at him. Like, it, it is, it, it's Elliot. Like, uh, mm-hmm. so anyway. Um, by the way, that actor's name is, uh, Henry Thomas. So his name is not <laughs> Elliot. actually Henry. T, even though that's how we're referring to him. His actual name is Henry Thomas. So, yeah. um, but yeah, Henry not in real life. Elliot. Anyway, well, that that was my aside. I, sorry, it's okay. This whole thing has just been asides mostly. So. This whole episode is an aside. Um, <laughs> and I only have one more question, and we kind of started to talk about love stories anyway. But I want to yes. ask it so we can talk more about love stories, specifically the best one, which is which is uh, Danny. Um, okay, and Jamie. so this fucking destroyed me when she was like. Flora tells Jamie that she framed the story wrong and it's not a ghost story. It's a love story. And Jamie's like, same thing. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My heart. And just as like a person who, like when you've like recently, or not even, I mean, who am I kidding? It wasn't even recent. But as a person who's gone through a breakup ever really, like, <laughs> thinking about it that way and like the fact that like when you break up with someone like you are like or you know lose a person that you love Mm -hmm. or whatever because like best case scenario when you fall in love with someone like you're with them forever and then one of you dies so it's like it's really depressing (laughs) um and at, at some point, someone is going to be a ghost in your relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Like, whether it's because you break up or because someone dies or, how, like, whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, like, the ghost of, of the relationship itself and, like, the way that it made you feel, even if both of you are over it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do agree that, that this... Is I mean, I found the love story between Danny and Jamie to be, like, really, like, uh, strong. Yeah, it's compelling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know right away that that's where it's going. Yes. Um, I'm glad you said that because the thing I have to say (laughs) is a story (laughs) about finding out. So before... Before the moment where it becomes clear that something is going to happen between them, which I would yeah. say is like the ha- handhold moment, the handhold. <laughs> yes. So when Jamie stays there that night that they've like seen Peter Quint and it's very scary. Um, at the end of the night, Danny says, I'm glad you stayed. And she grabs her hand and there's like a very tender moment between them. But bef- even leading up to that, though, there were a lot of moments where they've been like talking very intimately with each other they've been like longing glances like it's pretty clear Mm -hmm. that it's going somewhere or that there's some like feeling between them or so i thought (laughs) as we're watching it together me and justin and then like it's maybe in the next episode there's that flashback to when danny is trying on her wedding dress yeah and the seamstress like touches her and Mm -hmm compliments her and there's like a little moment between them where there's like a little spark yeah justin goes oh oh my god i think she might be gay (laughs) (laughs) this is post handhold and everything so i was like oh no 
What did he I think was she like, meant when she was like, who the hell would have known after they held hands? Yes. <laughs> and when when she said, like, well, who would have known? He was like, what is she talking about? I was like, Ab- about that moment they just had? Like, like who would have known? Like, this, you know. So Everyone. <laughs> we even had that <laughs> conversation. And he was like, oh, I think she might be gay. And I was like, I said, yeah, no shit. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what are you talking about? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> so I was like, there's been like two episodes of like build oh, up. And they child. had that. I was like, remember that moment where they held hands and this and this? And he was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was like, yeah, that was that's what that I mean, was. honestly, I, I knew. And this is because I'm like, because I'm like recently like out or whatever and like you know i've been dating women and i like have so right now like i'm reading queerness into everything in a Mm -hmm. way that i like wasn't before because i'm like (laughs) hyper aware of it now and i'm like searching for it in every story that i watch and so i knew as soon as the gardener walks into the kitchen oh absolutely gardener big queer energy yeah Exactly. Yeah. She was like, the gardener didn't introduce herself. <laughs> it felt like they had both known each other the whole time. And I was like, whoa. And I, because t- I, like, at first, when Danny first gets in the car and Owen picks her up, I was like texting, like, the girl that I'm seeing, shout out to you. Um, if you're listening to this, because I'm going to make you. Um, <laughs> anyway, she had, like, started watching it before me, and I texted her, and I was like, oh, like, she's going to fuck the, the hot chef in the car or whatever. And then as soon as the gardener comes on screen, I, like, texted her again, and I was like, never mind. She's going to fuck the gardener. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, like, the two possible love interests, but then as soon as, like, the gardener comes on, I'm like, Oh, that's yeah. what's happening. Because also, <laughs> oh, like, Jamie yeah. has, like, big queer energy. She walks in with, like, overalls Absolutely. on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overalls and, like, well, flannel. She was very much a lesbian. I yeah. thought at first, um, I was just going to say, like, I thought at first that um, Danny might be bi just because she was in a relationship with a man, but... The mo- the I will say just like in Justin's defense, the <laughs> the moment where she's trying on the wedding dress does kind of seal the deal that it's like no she's not bi she's a lesbian she's gay you know yeah yeah because like I did think I mean because clearly she did care about her fiance sure. just not romantically so at first yeah. I was like it could be that she's bi but. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought she could have been yeah. by too. But the the thing is to not have noticed that something was happening between them at all. Yeah, no, no. To then know. say, yeah, you're right. right, you're right. You're <laughs> it's right. like, uh, no. Like she's she and the gardener are like going to fuck any minute now. So yeah, it's pretty <laughs> obvious. But then later when they when they like when she gave her the ring, he leaned over again and said. Oh, I think she might be gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was like, what gave it away? Also, I thought it was really cute that she got her a uh, like Clada ring, yeah. which is like the Irish yes. engagement ring. Yes. Oh, that was cute. It was cute. There I I loved I loved I, like, their relationship throughout and I loved- the final episode because it was just so sad. <laughs> like uh-huh. yeah. 
I oh. I mean, I really love yes, Jamie and Danny's romance, but I'm a Hannah and Owen girl. Oh, well, yeah. Also, yeah, Hannah and Owen same. didn't happen, so it's like... Yeah, that's... You that's can't just, even... It happened the, for me. The, the one thing about... Yeah, well, the one thing about Jamie and Danny is like... It is nice to know that they did get to spend many, many years together. Yes, and, and we're happy. Because I think that's something... Yeah, because I think that's something we don't get very often in queer stories. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, yeah. like, in television and movies. Is like It's always, like, this tragic, unconsummated thing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, not always, but very often. Um, and that's... That's been, like, a problematic issue. I'm not, like, the first person pointing this out. Like, people are angry right. about it everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, like, while <laughs> this does still end tragically, they did get to have many, many years together first. Like, what? Didn't they say? It was at least, like, 10 years together or something yeah. like that. It seems like it was, like, 10. Because Flora yeah. was, like, 17, like, before yeah. Dan yeah, yeah. died. And so, uh, yeah. So they got a good amount. Like, 10 years is not enough time. It's absolutely not, no. but it is satisfying that they got that time together. And I think, you know, one of the things that made me feel really sad about the Owen and Hannah thing is that they they never got, like, they got a cuddle. Anytime. Maybe, like, yeah. one, one, one cuddle by the fire, and that was, like, it, you know? Yeah. And it's just, that's really sad to me. I don't know. It is really sad. And, like, that was also something that, like, my uh, lady friend, Ayla, pointed out. She was like, you know, straight people are usually the ones who get the relationship. And then the queer people in the story are the ones who have the, like, unexpressed yearning. Like, Yeah. 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 And so they kind of, like, flipped the script for this one, which was interesting. Definitely. Yeah. I love them. I got, I got a soft spot for the unexpressed yearning always, but... Yeah, and also oh. just like, can we talk about Owen? My God, like this man! Oh, what a sweet baby! This man, <laughs> and he's literally and just like a fine ass dude. He's he can cook. He's great with the children. He's a goofball. He has. We all know the he's a caretaker because he was taking care. He of will his feed mama. you cake batter. Yeah, oh he's my not gosh. afraid to be emotional. I mean, I can understand why, as a man, you would be threatened by Owen feeding your woman cake batter because, like, <laughs> it was yeah, giving you should me feelings. Be. So. I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather eat Owen's cake batter, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Cake. Yeah. Maybe eat that cake batter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did not mean for that to sound gross. And that, I is feel that like the title of the episode? Gross. I'd rather eat Owen's cake batter. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in real life, I never eat raw cookie dough or cake batter because what the fuck? I That's, do. What? Are you kidding? No, Shame I never do. You. Oh my god, it's delicious. No. It's Susan's afraid of, of her cake. stomach issues. That's why she doesn't. Um, yeah. Okay, y'all, listen, I know for a fact now, because I have recently experienced it via my husband getting it, salmonella is a real fucking thing, and it will I, let okay, me fuck you tell up. you, that is the first time I've ever heard of anybody actually getting Same. salmonella, <laughs> knock on wood. And I've been eating cake batter since the dawn of time. So. Well, that's not, he, okay. <laughs> of time. In fairness, he did not get it from cake batter, so, so that didn't happen. Stop I'm just saying, you can get it then. from stuff like that because <laughs> the 
the eggs. Cake batter alone. You can get it because of the eggs. But so not only did he really have it, like he it had a test done and I it was gross him. and he had it. I believe, then believe Justin. The health department <laughs> called him. Like the Jefferson County Health Department called him the next week and was like, hey, we know you had a positive salmonella whatever and like they were trying to trace it to make sure there wasn't a fucking outbreak like a local outbreak yeah well that's how rare salmonella is (laughs) (laughs) but i was like he was like oh the health department i was like what the health department called you sir so (laughs) anyway it's real i'm concerned if i get salmonella from cake batter cookie dough it's worth it yeah look i don't even know if that's the thing that you can get from it, but I think it is salmonella. How do you think he eggs. got it? But I don't know how he got it. Okay. I just know I didn't get it, and we normally eat the same things. So Yeah, that's very really strange. Weird. It was very strange, and it was very stressful. I thought he had something else, mm-hmm. like COVID. Or- right, like what else – yeah. The lung. What other illness? The first thing I did was get him a COVID test. Turned out completely different, different situation altogether. Um, but you never know I these days. The same thing. Yeah. You never know. Anyway, yeah. cook your cake batter. Cook your cookies. Yeah. Unless Owen is feeding it to you, in which case, just take whatever. Don't he is cook giving it. You. Take the spoon right into your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> On the theme of of love stories, the the last thing that I wanted to say was that like it's a love story, obviously between uh, Jamie and Danny, and it's a love story between Owen and Hannah. But I think like it's also, and this is like such a like corny ass thing to say, but like <laughs> it's also a story about like found family, and mm-hmm. it's a story, yeah. and that's like a love story in itself because like it's the love that like. Danny had for these kids and that she like literally sacrificed herself to save them mm-hmm. and the love between like her between Danny and Owen and between Jamie and Owen and like the kids and Henry and like all of these people who kind of like came together in this strange situation and then like like that's what makes that like last scene so tender too like seeing yeah. all of these people together and like enjoying each other's company and being like happy, um, and like I think that that is like the other love story that this is. Yeah, it's like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which one of us is going to sacrifice themselves so that the others can live? That's what we need to find out. Uh oh. I'm just Nose here goes. to lick Owen's spoon. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's probably gonna be me i just know it it's fine (laughs) hopefully none of us have to that'd be cool yeah Yeah. (laughs) if there could be no ghost involved in this friendship at all i'd be fine with that yeah yeah no life sacrifice Mm -hmm. we do set ourselves up for an unfriended situation every couple weeks that's true by getting on this call but in that situation, we would all die. True. So yeah. right, no sacrifice so, required. I mean, I say if one of us goes, we all go. But <laughs> all right, let's rate this thing. And while rating it, tell me if you thought it was scary too. Okay. So I said I would ask that question. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Are, what scale do we rate TV on? I don't know. 
Pick one. I'm not going to give a number. I'm just going to say that I I very thoroughly enjoyed it. And I loved the first season, too. Like, can you tell that I loved it? I'm, like, fucking, uh, like, every question someone has, I'm like, there's an answer, even if there's <laughs> not really an answer. Because um, I'm just, like, making up excuses for it. Um, <laughs> like, it's not perfect by any means. But um, I, I really... I'm, like, finding that I really enjoy the work of Mike Flanagan. I really loved Dr. Sleep, too. And I think yeah. he is exploring a lot of and the Gerald's same. Gerald's Game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still have to watch it. And Hush. Hush is so good. Like, he yeah. is exploring, re- like, things in horror that I find interesting, which are these, like, trauma and grief aspects and also the way that, like, like people, like, the relationships between people and how those relationships, like, I don't know, grow and change and just like things that that I think are neglected often um, in horror because there is the market is oversaturated with things like the turning Mm. um, (laughs) (laughs) that give horror a bad name when horror is actually like the coolest genre. That was this Um, year. And like, (laughs) that is shocking to me. I because I feel like I saw trailers for that like four years ago. I'm not even kidding. Um, this year. Sh- shocking. Uh, but I loved it. And of course, again, like, I am super into, like, queer stories right now and queer love stories. And I appreciate that, like, the first season also has, like, a huge, like, queer, queer arc story. slash mm-hmm. character. Like, it, like, woman, like, lesbian. That's, like, one of the main characters. And I really, like, thanks, Mike Flanagan, for just carrying that theme through to the second season. Um, it's appreciated. So, I I really liked it a lot. I'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of 5. Nice. I really, I really liked it, too. I wow. enjoyed it a lot. <clears throat> there were times when I was, like, I need to sit with this episode for a minute because I really need to think about it, which is also always a good sign. I didn't think it was scary in a jump scare horror type of way. I wasn't like scared to go to bed at night, but the horror in the haunting of blind manor for me is more existential. You know, it's like, we are all living in pain and we are going to die and become trapped in our memories forever. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's dark in a way and questioning a lot of like what happens when we die. And it's a kind of existential horror that to me is in a lot of ways scarier than your typical old jump scare. Yeah. And like the horror of like, having your heart broken (laughs) or like losing someone in any way or like these things that like we know are inevitable parts of being people but it's like Mm -hmm. you're constantly afraid that that's coming for you yeah Mm -hmm. uh i don't know like i don't know how to rate it with the number um i just didn't so you don't have to (laughs) This is Emily. We're doing names again. This is Emily. I don't know if we did that. Um, <laughs> every every now and then throughout the podcast, I'll just be like, "This is Emily." By the way, um, <laughs> so i i I think I like the first season better just because I 
found it scarier for one. And I think, um, I, I think I liked all the sibling stories a little bit more, but I, I do think this season had a little bit more like heart and that fam- that found family thing was interesting. I was also, um, I watched this really quickly. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, I, I feel like I'm still processing, which is part of the reason I don't want to give it a number. And like I said, like, just because I'm asking logistical questions doesn't mean that that's a criticism. That's just like ways that I'm like trying to still work through it and think about yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think maybe one of the things too is that some of the British accents really threw me. <laughs> Like, especially from actors, because, like, especially from actors that we saw last season in major roles who had, like, American accents, suddenly having yeah. British accents, I was like, not all of them were great British accents. <laughs> um, but I'm no, Would like, you like to call anyone out? Well, you know, Elliot from E.T. Um... <laughs> I thought Danny's accent was really he was bad. A, that was a posh British accent. So <laughs> Danny's accent is she yeah. not American? She is American, but Wait, she kind Danny's of had a American? Midwestern thing, like sometimes, and it was weird. Oh, she I almost really to me sounded like that. a not American person trying to do an American accent, yeah. which is. I don't know why. I don't know. I just saw her in you, and um, that's how she talks in that too. So I think that might just I think be that's her just voice. the way yeah. she talks. <laughs> yeah. She reminds me of Hillary American. Duff a lot. She reminds um, you of what? Hillary Duff. Oh yeah, oh. she definitely looks like Hillary Duff. Um, yeah, I can see that. Um, she's. I mean, I think she's a good actor. She was good in season one too, even though she was. She had a like much less. She had more of a minor role because she's like a very tragic role. Yeah, fuck that. But, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Don't tell me. I'm gonna. No, okay, we gotta watch it. it. It's so good, season. I mean, I would. I honestly probably. I think Hill House is maybe better. Yeah. Um, I just. Th- I just think like overall, there were things in the season that I thought worked really well, and maybe like certain aspects of the season that I liked better. But overall, as a season, I think I just like enjoyed Hill House more. Yeah. So that's- I think I like this one better. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I would feel though, like if I wasn't trying to like compare the two. Right. Like if I was just yeah. trying to take this as its own, but that's really hard to do, especially because so many of the actors are the same. Like I think we we're really pulled towards comparing the two if you see them together. Right. And so then like if I do that, I, I automatically think like, oh well, I think I like the other one better. But well, it's exploring um, a lot of the same ideas too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, so. I can do it without comparing because I haven't seen it. <laughs> You're gonna um, love it. You're gonna love it. It's so good. Yeah. I'm excited because I think I would probably, if I had to give this a number, I would probably say four or maybe like Mary four and a half out of five. I really liked it, and the longer that I've sat with it, which is. <laughs> I finished it yesterday, so it's not going to sit with it that long. <laughs> but I've been thinking hours. about it a lot. Like, 
throughout the day today and not just because I had to write the questions to ask for this episode because I was actually just thinking about it still. And like the more I've thought about it, the more I've liked it. I also do I do have some logistical questions or like a couple of like of those other story tie-ins maybe didn't feel as natural as other ones did. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not like totally 100% perfect, but I really enjoyed it a lot. And I, um, I read last year, probably, um, Ruth wears the turn of the key, which is another turn of the screw (laughs) adaptation. Mm. And I really liked that. And so I was kind of like, all right, give me another one. <laughs> like, I can just watch, except for now I'm not going to watch The Turning. But please, um, don't I would do be, that. I'm just down for Turn of the Screw stuff, I think. Except for actual Turn of the Screw and The Turning. <laughs> no, the actual Turn of the Screw was good. I must have, I liked it when I, I must have liked it at some point. Because I really wanted to read The Turn of the Key a lot. And Listen, I'm just being a bitch about the turn of the screw. <laughs> that's just. But then, but when you just read that sentence, I was like, that's, Fuck. A, that's a lot. There's a lot of sentences <laughs> like that. It is not an easy read, <laughs> but I do appreciate, like, I think it's the story itself is cool and interesting, especially for the time. Like, that's pretty wild. I thought it was really cool, too, just how this, how this show, like, took that story and went so much. Yeah. so much beyond it mm-hmm. um and still felt like a good story yeah um, and like faithful to a certain extent like yeah. i'm into it faithful but more <laughs> <laughs> faithful plus listener feedback for I'm thinking of ending things Mm -hmm. Um, from David uh, I don't know if he's listened before but he has sent us a wonderful email with lots of information in it which I will read Um, he didn't say where he's from so uh, David if you're listening let us know where you're from David from the internet David from somewhere (laughs) uh, says Hi, thanks for your podcast. Here are some answers slash comments based on what Charlie Kaufman said and others slash me saw after multiple watchings. So I should say, if you haven't (laughs) read or seen I'm Thinking of Ending Things, there will be some spoilers in this feedback. So skip forward a little if you don't want to hear this. Okay. Number one. The big difference from the book is that Charlie Kaufman could not have the girl be a complete fiction because there was an actress standing in front of him who was actually real. He had to give her a real role to play. So throughout, she is treated as a real person. In the book, she's shown to be a figment of his imagination as she kills herself, thus killing him. In the movie, she hugs him and then walks away, i.e. survives. Yes, she had many fantasy elements, but she also has real agency. She disagrees with him continually. Kaufman said that having everything a dream will not work in current day movies, and he didn't want to do that explicitly. Number two, nevertheless, he is still working with adapting the book, so he had many elements of it all being imagination in there. In a sense, he wanted to have it both ways, so he says you can think what you like. Number three, it doesn't It doesn't necessarily end with a suicide. There are hints the janitor has the same fantasy every day. Not only does a car motor start at the very end, but when the girl looks in the garbage can at the school, she finds it full of um, 
BRR containers as if he Burr. does this all the time. Burr. That Is that Burr. the ice cream? Yeah. Um, number four, again wanting to have it both ways, the animated pig is shown leading him into the afterlife. As both of them had been eaten up from below, it by maggots, him by thoughts. Number five, Kaufman initially wanted to use Dairy Queen, but they refused to let him do it because they said they wouldn't employ a girl who had a rash. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, So at least Tulsi Town was geographically appropriate for the stated location of the movie, Tulsa, Oklahoma. The animated commercial commercial they had for it was patterned after an old Dairy Queen commercial. Number six, and speaking of Oklahoma, another difference from the book are the Oklahoma references throughout. It's because it does have an element about a lonely, unpopular man who wants a girl to call his own, as the song at the end says, and lonely Judd commits suicide. Something I wouldn't know because I've never seen Oklahoma. That's Kelly speaking. Yeah. Um, Number seven. And yet another difference, as you mentioned on the podcast, the characters' thoughts all seem to be the product of pop culture. It's Kaufman's comment on identity, who we are apart from what we've seen and read. Is there anything – who are we apart from what we've seen and read? Is there anything real underneath? While we're worrying about whether the girl is real, how real are we? Number eight. In Tulsi Town Stand, unlike the two blonde girls who were shown to be popular at the high school, the brunette was shown in the school corridor walking alone, unpopular as if she had a rash. His having a rash also was to imply he too had been unpopular and alone in school. Jake mentions that that can affect one for the rest of one's life, as it did him. Number nine, the varying time element in the house for his parents was presumably because he remembered all of those stages of their lives and his thoughts kept wandering about them. Number 10, you really should see Jesse Buckley in Wild Rose, just a fantastic acting and singing performance, very different from her character in this film. She's also in Misbehavior, about the early days of the women's liberation movement, just out on video on demand on, for example, Amazon, and also in the new season of Fargo starting today. Again, two parts very different from the one here. Thanks again for your podcast, David. David, Um, thank you for the thorough letter. Yeah, I think (laughs) it's really hard, like... Um, I think you bring up something interesting that I want to touch on because I know like at least um, Kelly and I both read the book and I think it's really hard when you've read a book to separate the intention of the book from the intention of the movie. So like I'm watching this and even though it's some parts are ambiguous, the things that are ambiguous because I've read the book and the book is less ambiguous, I just automatically think, well, of course he commits suicide because right. that's what happens in the book. So I think um, you you bring up an interesting point that like um, just because – I mean, you don't say this explicitly, but throughout a lot of your points, you're talking about how the book is doing this, but Kaufman is doing something different. And I think I w- as I was analyzing the movie, I was kind of resistant to that in a way that was maybe not helpful. Yeah, same. Um, so the, yeah, that's interesting. And that's, that's good to point out, I think, um, cause it's very possible and, um, often good when a film adaptation doesn't necessarily have the same, um, intention as the thing that it's adapting. Well, and sometimes that's not than good. Annihilation. <laughs> like in the turning and turn of the screw, <laughs> <laughs> which was not a good adaptation. If you take um, so anything yeah. away from this episode, it's do not watch. <laughs> do the not turning. watch the turning. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't. Just don't do it. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was really lots of 
interesting thoughts and good information. And I appreciate that. As somebody who enjoyed the movie, I appreciate hearing other people's thoughts about it, especially because I feel like I'm the only one here who enjoyed it. So I enjoyed it a little. (laughs) And I, I appreciated the specific explanation for why not Dairy Queen. That also, like, Dairy question. Queen, you 100% <laughs> employed tons of people with rashes. I'm sure of it. I know. That is, like, so funny. The Dairy Queen Dairy by Queen my house like, isn't even gross. trying. Like, they would be probably thankful if the least of your problems was your rash. Yeah. Anyway. Also, like, just really quick to people listening, if you have a rash, there's nothing wrong with having a No, rash. it's fine. Yeah, like, it's not okay. Yeah, like, I, for example, I'm allergic so many, to all kinds of crap. Yeah, there's so many reasons. Sometimes you get a stress rash, you know what I mean? Like, there are lots yeah. of reasons people get rashes. It doesn't mean that you're, like, unemployable at Dairy Queen, you know? Or at Tulsi It's Dairy Town. Queen. It's not, yeah. You shouldn't be unemployable anywhere because of a rash, but <laughs> also right. it's Dairy Queen. And okay. I, I um, love Dairy Queen. If you work Queen. at Dairy Queen, like, but shout like, out to you because... <laughs> The Dairy Queen's great, first of all. Like, um, I love Dairy Queen. Occasionally, I'll have to just be like, I'm going to get blizzards. Mm-hmm. Who wants one? And I have been there one time during during the pandemic, and they were all masked, gloved, all contactless. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good in the drive through there. So props to my experience. local Dairy Queen, who will employ anyone. But. 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 Only the safe ones. You know, it's like Waffle House. I love Waffle House. I'm not calling it like a bastion of health and cleanliness. Waffle House is disgusting. Yes. Um, Y'all, Waffle House is going to come for us after this. No, Waffle House is disgusting. And also, I I love it. I have never forgiven Waffle House after the time that I ordered from the menu blueberry pancakes and the pancakes I received, or no, waffles, blueberry waffles. I was like, I you was going to say, why were you getting pancakes from Waffle Not House? Yeah, it was like, this seems like your own fault, but okay. No, blueberry <laughs> waffles. And the pa- the waffles that I received had, like, artificial blueberry chips in them. Yeah, you're at Waffle <laughs> House, Kelly. Like, come on. You, you think they got cartons? They have fruit. You think they got Jesus cartons Christ. of blueberries back <laughs> Not there? Not that hard. Come on. Come on. <sighs> Waffle House Eggos next time. It would be the same exact quality. Yeah, I was gonna. That sounds just like an Eggos. Literally (laughs) Eggos. No. I went to Waffle House the day after my wedding. Um, perfect choice. And I was well. Yeah, we'd been like planning on going, and then like I was so hungover that. When we got to the parking lot, I was like, I don't think I can go in because I'm afraid I'm gonna throw up at the Waffle House and. That, that sounded like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so he was like, well, it's okay. We can just leave. He's very sweet. So we didn't even eat it. Good for you. And then we had, because we had put it in our heads, though, the next day we were still thinking about it. So we went back again and did eat did it. You have like, success? that's the level okay. of commitment yes. that we have to Waffle House. This has been Waffle House Corner. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I. I am firmly anti Waffle House. Um, if you have a Waffle House opinion, please <laughs> or a Dairy or a Queen DQ. opinion yeah. or a Dairy Queen. I think we're all pretty like pro Dairy Queen, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't eat ice cream because it makes me sick. But I mean, it's not Dairy. Well, Queen's you eat fault. like vegan ice cream. 
Which is not a Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. (laughs) Maybe they will eventually. (laughs) It's called Um, Dairy Queen, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking lactose kingdom in there. I mean, vegan ice cream still has the word cream in it. Is it really cream? Yeah, I'm just saying they don't have vegan ice cream at Dairy Queen. No, it's like carrots, I think, Kelly. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. Thank you, David. Thanks, David. That actually really was informative to me, a person who did not read the book and was also confused by the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm very sorry that we took up your for me. very um, thoughtful feedback and responded by going on about Dairy Queen and the Waffle House. Um, I promise we were listening, and we know that wasn't yes. the point, but we did it anyway. Um, sorry. Because that's the quality you get here. Yeah. You ask for blueberries and you get blueberry chips. Yeah. Yeah. Same quality as Waffle House. This podcast. We are the Waffle House of podcasts. Oh, no. Ow. Ow. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I think I pulled the No, I think think we're better than that. Um, We're we're at least the Denny's. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, what's on the blog? It's that time again. It's that time. It's Bachelorette season. Uh, woo, woo, I can't woo. believe it. That's I really just happening. finished watching Claire's episode. First ep. Yeah. So we're going to do our draft. Yes, for all of these men that Claire is definitely going to pick from. Yeah. Are you allowed to choose Claire's man? Yeah. Whose name He's we will on not the table. say. Yeah, we've, we've discussed this. He's on the table. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep, but not for many other people. It won't be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to read our first impressions of all the guys, including the one that she is going to pick, um, we wrote those as as we like to do, just That's based on their bios and their me. photos. Kelly. Super shallow stuff. You're going to love it. Yes, guest starring Kelly. Guest yeah. starring Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, bringing back featured bookstores where we highlight an independent bookstore that we love. Uh, so I wrote about, I say it in the past tense, it'll definitely be done. <laughs> this goes out. <laughs> I wrote about Thank You Books in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. They're yeah. awesome and they've really like gotten me through 2020. Uh, and they have a cool connection to one of our other favorite stores, Avid. So. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank You Books might be the only bookstore that all four of us have been to. It I, really might yeah. be. Also, I will say. Not together, though. That's true. Almost, Almost. all together. <laughs> After we went to Thank You Books, to this day, sometimes Todd will just walk around the house going, Thank you, books. Thank you, books. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so grateful you're a book. You should hire him I'm for so their I'm so fucking jingle grateful for needs. my books. Yeah. They have really cute um, bookmarks that come with your books, yes. too. Like, it has thank you books on one side, and the other side says, you are welcome. Mm-hmm. It's a very mm-hmm. cute store. It is. Yeah, I like it's it. very cute. And it's owned by three women. Mm-hmm. I really love independent bookstores. Be sure you guys are buying your books from independent bookstores and not Amazon. Indeed. Um, Spooktober is still happening. 
Yeah, Mary, why don't you tell us about Spooktober this, this time? Perhaps the spookiest thing of all is that I wrote a Spooktober post accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I wrote about the new Clive Barker adaptation on Hulu called Books of Blood. And I talked a little bit about why I love Clive Barker and specifically Hellraiser. Um. Yeah, was Books of Blood worth the watch? Your mileage may vary. More details in the blog. <laughs> nice. Yep. That's all I the could blog. remember that was on the blog, so that's all I wrote down. But if someone can remember anything else, <laughs> tell me. I don't know. I mean, I haven't written anything, so... <laughs> <laughs> I wrote about Pen15, but I think I mentioned that last time, right? Yes, yeah. I think so. Do believe. But it's still up. So still there. You can still read it's it. It's still uh, full of embarrassing memories, <laughs> if you want to check that out. Okay. Emily. Mm-hmm. What is our next book episode? Oh, it's me. Okay. Um, <laughs> our next book episode is um, – hold up a second. It's Survivor Song by Paul Tremblay. And, you know, I just went on a little road trip. And so I re-listened to um, Head Full of Ghosts um, by Paul Tremblay just to get me in the mood to start Survivor Song. And then we had a little bit of time left. We had, like, three hours left. So it wasn't, like, enough to, like, read another book. So I was like, let's just throw on some short stories from growing things. So we just had, like, a whole Tremblay fest. Mm. And so I'm ready to get into this book. Um, I am a big fan of this author's work, but as always, picked this book um, not knowing how I was going to feel about it. So I hope that it is a good representation of his work. I, I have faith in him as an author, but I am nervous about the subject matter because it is um, about a virus. Yeah. And it is about zombie-like creatures, which, you know, the zombie fatigue is real. But I trust mm-hmm. that he's going to do something new and interesting with it. Um, so we'll just see how that goes. And I know some of you guys have started already, but as is tradition for me, I said, fuck it, I'm going to read other shit instead. So um, I'm going <laughs> to get to it soon. You finished it? Yeah, because I listened to it on audio and it was really, it was pretty short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, I am um, waiting for mine to arrive at Thank You Books. <laughs> and then I'm going to go get it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I'm really excited to talk about this because, um, yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be fun to talk about. Maybe maybe Kelly feels differently now because she's read it. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm excited fun. to talk about it for sure. Okay. There you go. On our next other episode, we will be covering Lovecraft Country. Uh, you may have heard of it. Mm-hmm. A little show on HBO. Um <laughs> Which we're very excited to talk about. I have not started it yet. I know that Emily yells at me every day about yeah, how it's so good. we should be watching I it. I think she yells at the, gr- the whole group every day. Yeah. Quite frankly, and it's I'm, shocking. I've watched I'm most of it. One, 
Mary has <laughs> yeah. watched most of it. For some reason, I'm the one leading this episode. I guess like I haven't led any any other soda in a while, so yeah. that's it's how my I got turn. the current one. So I'm not qualified. <laughs> uh, so nah, you're gonna I haven't even seen the show. Yeah, good not. luck to me. Um, I have not read any Lovecraft, nor have I read Lovecraft Country. If you need me to talk about Lovecraft, show yet. Let's go. Yeah, we've got we've got experts on hand. I'm definitely. I don't know if you Lovecraft can see before we my talk giant about the show, but that's not annotated Lovecraft back there. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, I'm like, should I read a Lovecraft? Nah, book you don't need to. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. He's a he's a racist asshole. Like, don't mm-hmm. do it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. If you have any comments, questions, anything at all that you would like to say about the haunting of Bly Manor or anything else we've talked about, um Waffle House. If you mm-hmm. Waffle House. Waffle House, Dairy Queen, um, you know, any of our standard topics of conversation. Uh, you can email us at thesquad at booksquadgoals.com. You can reach out to us on social media. We are at booksquadgoals on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We would love it if you would follow us, especially on Twitter. We don't have enough followers. We need more. Sometimes I retweet stuff about books. Trust me, I won't be crowding your feed, but I will bring you joy, you know? So please follow us on Twitter. Um, we also would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts through and we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review especially an apple podcast because that is very important for other people to find us and we are still seeking new listeners as always so if you are a listener take a minute out of your day if you want to do a kind deed if you want to like volunteer in a way do something nice this is free for you to do, and it'll take you a very short amount of time. The most complicated part is figuring out how to leave a review via <laughs> the uh, Apple Podcast app. But once you figure it out, um, smooth sailing, smooth sailing. Just a couple sentences, even like even if you just want to put a five star and say like great, <laughs> and post that. That would be so helpful to us because every review makes us a little bit more popular on the charts and gets us to more people. So honestly, like, if you haven't, and I know, like, I'm a person who listens to so many podcasts, and at the end of every episode, they're like, please, for the love of God, leave us a rating. And I'm like, I'll do it eventually. Um, But recently, I went through and rated a couple of of my faves because it's important and uh, people really need it. And it's just a little thing you can do that would be so helpful to us. We would love it. Mm-hmm. We would be so happy and grateful. So please, please, this is my impassioned plea to you, dear listener. Leave us a rating and review. Um, our website is bookswagoals.com. <laughs> and you can find our blog there and all the blog posts. Um, thank you for listening. And very important um you should vote so mm-hmm. you should register you i should did it either. i voted yeah me too Emily voted already it's really coming up quick okay so you can get your ballot online um uh, you can register for it and have it mailed to you if you want to do an absentee ballot you can also do early voting you should 
Google your state and look up early voting and Google your county, you can find your ballot um, through your uh, supervisor of elections if you want to see and like look up your people ahead of time and figure out who you should vote for and which things to vote for. Um, but it's it's really important. And um, I know that everything feels uh, hopeless and voting kind of feels a little fruitless at this point because it's hard to believe in democracy when we have someone edging on fascism in uh, the office right now. But like, this is our chance, <laughs> maybe, to make a difference. And what hurt could trying do cause? I'm drunk. Like, if you are waiting in line and that's discouraging, that's a great time to just pop open Apple Podcasts. Exactly. And leave us a little quick review. So true. Um, Be like, I'm voting because they told me to, and I I love this podcast. But for real, please, please vote. Please vote. And please continue to observe guidelines, wear your mask, try to stay inside as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um. Donate to worthy causes if you have the extra cash. Pay attention to people of color who are telling you things. Listen to them. Um, these are things that we have been dealing with for, like, in some ways for months, but in some ways forever. Mm -hmm. In lots of ways forever. So pay attention and, like, yeah, that's my little soapbox speech. So I'm done. <laughs> Well, what she said. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Go vote. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween vote. Yay. Also vote. Vote. <laughs>